0: Studios in Johnston Proper.
1: That's going to be from the uh, Pathway yes, I Studios in Johnston, Probert. Here's what we got. We got a lot of stuff to do on the show tonight. We got to cut to the quick of this thing. So we have a number of we got a number of articles <laughs> to get through. What? Do you, what? Hey, i mean business. We're we're, we're going to do this show correctly. Stop your catarwaling. <laughs> no, this ain't no orangutan ball. No, continue. Continue on. I'm excited for whatever the day. Hey, I, I tell you what though, I invited like uh, three people on uh, as guests to the show tonight. Hey, they all said no. All, nobody, nobody's here. <laughs> Nobody made it in. Yeah. I don't know. I got I to inject new life into our, our, our guest people. Although, here's the thing. It's like, I think I'd really like to, we really want to have sober soldiers back in here. Yeah. Uh, those dudes are completely legit. I shouldn't say all dudes. Dudes and ladies. They're completely legit to what they said they were going to do. Yep. Uh, so, like, uh, they let us sign up for to be part of their Facebook group. And I tell you, these, these dudes uh, and ladies are constantly encouraging and uh, pointing people to Jesus. And uh, they're legit. They're doing exactly what they said said they were going to do. Yeah. And so I, I think, uh, when did we have them on? Like a month or two ago? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that was one of the shows where we had like some kind of weird technical thing, like an hour in or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, some of it got yeah. cut. But um, I'd really like to have them back in. And if you get a chance, uh, go. Uh, is the website out yet? Did I see that? Is the, Their they, website's out, yeah. Okay. Is it sober soldiers with a Z dot com? Yep. Okay. Sober soldiers with a Z dot com and uh, really how I connect with them is through uh, Facebook. If you search them, it's sober as it is uh, colloquially spelled and soldiers as it is modernly spelled with a Z at the end uh, yeah. on Facebook. And uh, they're they're just they're very good at in, in recovery ministry and helping people who have been struggling and um, seeing their life in only one direction. Uh, they're very good at taking that direction and giving them support and encouragement back to Jesus as, as, as the only way out of this deal. And so uh, if you get a chance to check those guys out, please do. Yeah, totally agree. All right, here's what we're going on the show tonight. Uh, Article. Sparta. 21 things to pray for, full colon. Tips for a better prayer life. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, Hold on, I should ask. Does anybody feel like they're doing real good about this right now? No.
2: I'm I'm decent. I mean, that's that's a hard... Who could ever say, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm solid. I mean... There's always more. Dad's
1: walking the line of humility but boldness. I don't know. I yeah. feel like when I, I feel like when I'm when I'm doing this well and not like the act of doing it well or like I chose a place or serene or whatever. I kept a prayer journal, stuff like that. But like when um, when I focus my time to talk to God, um, when I'm doing this well, I don't feel like we're like it's awkward or like I'm a stranger here. You know. Um, when I'm not doing it well, um, I go through rhythms that I always used to have or that I always carry with me. And for some reason, it just feels like I have a really hard time focusing on on God, right, and getting my mind clear. Um, and maybe maybe some of these tips will help. Um, but like I have a couple things that I that I used to do that really used to help me focus on who I'm talking to, the the weight of of, of the deity that I'm dealing with, and and everything that God has done for me. And um, I, if I'm speaking honestly right now, I'm I'm kind of in a funk on that. I feel like that's, that I'm not connecting very well, and uh, some of that is certainly on my end. So uh, anyway, it'd be, uh, Ben, how do you feel like you're doing here? Um, yeah, not, uh, n- not, not super great. Um, uh, so I-, I feel like I'm getting um, uh, in a bit of a rut about it, to be honest. Like uh, I- I've got a, th- a key eight words or so that will pop up. And so I- I'm just scratching surface. And I think it's just, frankly, um, I'm not spending any particular time in, um, in silence, or listening, or basically that that breaks through that initial. Here's the stuff that just easily rolls off my tongue. Um, <laughs> to get kind of beyond that and start getting into some of those, um, the, the the deeper, the less than surfacey things. And yeah. so um, it's a time. It's it's some of it's a time allocation issue. Although I, I, I feel like um I feel like one of the risks that we run is that um, we make dedicated time on the peripherals of the day as if they are an implicitly ho- the, the ho- the holiest way to go about something uh, as opposed to, can we find ways to that? Things are more integrated in our lives as a whole. Like, can I get to a place where I can pray um, deeper, but also more consistently throughout the day, as opposed to saying, oh, look, if I don't get my hour, then it wasn't, then my relationship with God isn't good. Right. Like I think, th- so I, I, that's where I've, that's actually been kind of on my heart, both for me. And I think, I think, Specifically for the guys in our church, um, something that I've been thinking about and, and trying to pray through, um, and uh, but so that's where I'm at too. I, and maybe it's just a personal struggle that then lands on everybody else. Who knows? But that's that's um, that's I think where I'm at. Yeah. Mm.
2: I just went away. I'm supposed to right now be on a plane, like returning home from mm-hmm. overseas. Uh, we were going to do revivals and stuff. It, it didn't happen because of COVID. So I figured I had this two-week period blocked off. Maybe I told you this last week. I can't remember. Uh, so, so the first week I took two and a half days, two nights, and uh, just left town. I got a hotel, and just prayed. And it was really cool. It, it was like I mean, it was like I left the place once three times. I think the whole time. Yeah. And the lights were off, and it was just dark. And I was just reading and, and you know Bible on my iPad and and praying and uh, it was pretty phenomenal actually yeah uh, yeah yeah so it was kind of cool
1: do, do you find that so so Dan you, your um, uh, pathway where you're the pastor because semi like pr- regularly do like twenty four seven prayer rooms did that feel different to you in this instance in somewhere or another it, it, it did it did because I had some specific
2: things I, I was. Really going in with kind of an agenda, and got to kind of flip it upside down and said, "Yeah, I have a different agenda mm. and it took me the full two days to to admit it and and grasp it and really hear it um and then I wrote down a bunch of notes and came home and been acting on it, so yeah yeah um it's been uh yeah pretty 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 actually phenomenal I have to yeah say. yeah,
1: I like Nathaniel, have you done that? Have you feel like you've had a time um or or times? Where like you've gone and done intentional prayer over kind of an extended period of time, either after something specific or just kind of made that commitment in general. No, not really. No. Do, do you? As uh, it something you've considered? No, not really. No. I'm gonna be honest with you guys.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> because Jesus never, you know, left the crowds to pray or anything. Yeah. My uh, my prayers, I would say, are subpar at best. Yeah. Subpar.
1: Yeah a lot you know what i you know what i find frustrating and this is actually what's happening in in this time period of life for me is i'm watching god do like really cool things mm-hmm. and i feel like i'm not part of it because i'm not i'm not you know what i'm saying I'm not spending uh time talking to him and like he's he's doing amazing things around me and i'm like i just don't, I, I feel like a, a stubborn israel in the middle of this oh, thing right yeah. like i'm watching you do great things and then i'm over there going i mean i believe it and i know you're rocking this thing and i and i nothing has changed i just uh I can't be bothered to talk with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just can't be bothered. You know, I'm like, eh, eh. And like, it's not like, you know, your face gone or anything. I just, I got right, no, right. I got no fervor for it. And there's been times when I've had some fervor for it and it was the best. It yeah, was the yeah. best. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely loved it. And so like, I don't, now, you know, like we've talked about this before is I can look, I used to just look at Israel and go, you Daft fools! I just don't understand how this keep keep happening to you. You know, and then now I look at you, daft Mike. I I I don't understand how this could keep happening to you. So anyway, whatever this man has come up with in twenty one steps is obviously going to rectify whatever's going on here, Ben. Yeah, it's going to fix it. Okay. All right. All right. Hold on. Let's let's uh let's dig on the article. Well, any guesses? There is twenty one things in here. Uh one guess a piece. What do you think is on the list? 21 tips for a better prayer life. Yeah, Michael, like what, name one thing for the family feud what you think is on the list? Seclusion. G- Give g- me seclusion. Yeah. Okay. Survey says, Dan, uh a consistent time. Okay, consistent time, Nathaniel. Uh
0: praying the
1: scripture. Ooh, and speak the words of the Lord back to the Lord. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right, here we go. Uh, do you ever find blah, blah, blah? Okay, I don't care about the setup. Here we go. If you're in a hurry, just use this list to jump to a specific prayer idea. Number one, praise God for who he is. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I missed take a while. the premise of the article. I could be gonna, reading some Psalms. Yeah. I, mean, I thought it was going to be like a how-to, uh, but more yeah. it's like you're going to pray. Here's ways to kind of get you guided in the right direction. Uh, yeah, this is talking about, hey, uh, prayer can feel stale or dry. Oh. it's talking uh, but prayer is talking with someone who loves you deeply and knows you intimately so it might be hard to admit or deal with when the conversation has seemed to dry up but everyone goes through these times each item on the list comes with a verse from the Bible to shape your thinking okay. you know what? I find my prayers that when
2: I do that I mean I've tried to do that before and it's like I'm, I'm it's like I'm using the same words it's like how how many ways do you describe Cool clouds, God. You're really neat. You know? <laughs> I mean, oh, right. I, I try to be like, oh yeah. It's like, cause I don't have the words. I don't have David's, you know, silver tongue. I'm yep. like, y- your ways are majestic. Uh. Does it
1: feel weird? Because like the longer you know somebody, uh, the less you talk about very obvious things. Yeah. Right. Like, and so like, uh, it feels like our relationship with with Yahweh should be different. Uh, and it, I don't know. I don't know in what way though. Like I know it should be different, but like. It feels pandering to repeat the same thankfulness, even though it's still true. Yeah. Right. Like it'd be like it's like you have a very generous grandpa, and like, hey, hey, sorry, Mike. Yeah, go ahead. Look at this camera angle that we have of you right now. Yeah. It makes me look think that you're like a centaur. Like the, is that the one with the horse body? <laughs> don't you, does it look like it? <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it does. <laughs> What's something a centaur would say? <laughs> I don't know centaur knees. Uh, give me. Uh, they
0: approach us, sire. Yeah,
1: they approach us. Do you have any apples? <laughs> does that do it? I'm going to put the triangles away, but still, yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry. I well, didn't, I didn't want to. Can I fix it? I don't want to continue to look like a centaur. No, this, this one's a little bit better. This one doesn't show cut off at the waist like you could be a centaur, but we don't want to admit it. Uh, so. So we were talking about our, our relationship uh, with Yahweh being different in the way that we talk to him opposed to like our buddy, you know, but like, I won't continue to thank my generous grandpa for the fire truck he gave me when he was eight, Yeah, when I was eight for like the next 20 years, yeah. grandpa, you're always very generous. You remember when you gave me that fire truck, you know, so, like, <laughs> and, and so like it, it, it does. And maybe that's a personality thing, like with just me or dudes or whatever, or maybe it's a relationship with God thing, but like, um, does, let me ask you this: uh, This will probably be to my shame. Does God give you enough evidence every day for you to be in awe of who you're speaking with? You mean like, f- like fresh evidence, yeah, like, yeah. like you mentioned the sky yesterday, right? And so, well, I, I uh, if you, well, it's maybe if you're looking for it, or is that an oversale? Like we're looking for, we're looking for inspiration in the smallest of things, and. And sometimes like the life is life and uh, Mm. there's responsibilities and you get drugged down and you just don't have a whole lot today. No, I think um, I think the answer is yes, but not necessarily new as in brand new, but new as in it continued. Like like when you think about uh, where it says like his his mercies are new every morning. If I were to think back in the previous day in the ways of which I've been shown mercy, that was fresh. Uh, even if the thing was repeated from the day before or something like that. And so I think, uh, but, but like brand new, like bold ideas that i never considered considered that he is either creator or merciful or orchestrator. I no, I don't know that that's my experience. Do you, do you think that maybe some people fall short of their prayer life merely because they're not a poet? They don't talk like that. And so like, uh, you know, sometimes you listen to someone else pray, and you're like, "Man, I wish I had the conviction yeah. of that guy, or the heart of that lady, and like the 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 constant focus or whatever." And then, like, you go to pray something similar, and you're like, "I thank you for the, for that I'm working. I appreciate my job, <laughs> you yeah. know. Or uh-huh. like, I thank you for the kids I got. Yeah. And like, there's no poem to it at all. You're just a plain Jane doofus, you know. And like, and and maybe you're you're creating a feeling in there that doesn't actually exist, right? You're not going to be the David of the conversation, you know."
0: What was, what was I that? feel that way a lot with it when I'm praying with my wife. And I feel like she's always got good things to say and and uh a lot of a lot of stuff to to think about and pray about and uh says it pretty eloquently and then uh it comes my turn to pray and uh I'm like
1: I like donuts. God, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for the donuts. Thank you for this woman. You she, gave me. She prays you. the garden, you yeah. pray the back of the cereal box. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's like
0: uh, I agree with everything she just said. Uh yeah, well, I,
1: I find that my wife even takes in um, like she's the type of person that will wake up and look at the sunset and that that connects her with God. Like that means something to her. It reminds her of creator God and majesty and things that are bigger than her. And it provides her comfort. And like I walk out the door and go, man, it's bright out. Yeah. Like I just don't wish I brought my sunglasses. Where's those sunglasses I stole from Mike? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not in awe. I just like, uh, and I think it's just a dude's way of looking at it. Uh, Like, you just don't, I don't take stock of like, yeah, it was there yesterday. He set it up. I trust it. It's good. We're good. Can we move on from the sunset? (laughs) I think I use the phrase in my prayer, I don't know, God, you know the deal. Like, way more often than I should. Because I feel yeah, like I don't yeah. have to, I mean, we got to rehash this. You were there. I was there. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I could retell it as if you weren't there, but it seems We both you know. know you were. <laughs> well, because because I think when I get into something like that, it does feel like it's just me trying to see whether I can come up with a clever way of saying something. Yeah. Like if I have to explain this, a situation that I was in, or that that obviously I'm aware that God saw, and isn't a particular burden on my heart, I, then I I do feel like I'm performing a bit, and so I don't like it, yeah. and so I try I tend not to uh, shy away from that kind of thing. Okay, Go well, back to the list. Sorry. Okay,
0: let me let me go let me go back.
1: <laughs> what was that prayer? Didn't we weren't we, were we going to buy a prayer cube from Joel Osteen oh, that yeah. would do this for us?
0: I I uh it uh. I don't know how much I should share. Uh, I work at Amazon, mm-hmm. and I was I saw some guy stowing those. He had a, a whole bin of them.
1: Oh, really? A yeah. whole bin of prayer cubes, the yeah. steam prayer cubes? Yeah, he was putting them away. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying we could order one right now and probably have it tomorrow. Oh, oh, probably. Maybe next three it. hours. They hey, got the vans rolling. Oh. Okay, this goes back to what we talked about that day. We should do the Life from the Path prayer cube. Obviously, <laughs> there's a market for it. It was consistently more negative in nature. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, more yeah. A precatory, Yeah, definitely. Like... Uh, Hey, did you just did you did you not admit to being in all the sunlight? Yeah, repent. You're a dolt.
0: <laughs> hey, can we come back to repeating the same things all the time? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this. Uh, so, like, the picture we get in uh, Revelation, though, is like uh, you know the elders standing around saying the same thing all the time. So, yeah. like, sh- should we think about uh, it a little bit differently? Because, like, if if God doesn't get ki- tired of holy, holy, holy. And the elders don't get tired of holy, holy, holy. Should we get tired of holy, holy, holy? I don't know. Do do we know they
2: do it all the time? Or that just happened to be the time John, like, oh, they're singing holy, holy, holy.
1: came during holy, holy, holy time. Maybe (laughs) they do maybe. maybe. As soon as John leaves, they take (laughs) off the robes and go back home. We're just assuming that's all there is.
0: (laughs) Maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought it said specifically day and night.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I think it does. I think yeah. it gives. It's, it's it's certainly intended to give you the impression that like, um, this is happening, and it is worthy of like God is worthy for it to be happening all the time. That He lives can live in a chorus of this. Yeah, right. So can you imagine your life being rewowed by God's presence on the regular? Not yeah. did not you just got done going holy, 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 and we're gonna take a breath, or, a breath or whatever, and you look up and go. Holy, holy. Like again, you are rewowed <laughs> yeah. by the whole thing. Right? That is our future relationship uh, yeah. with the king of the right. universe. Right. I guess that's the thing, is that like if you are constantly like if it's if it's if it's real if it's not something, it's not rote necessarily, but like you're like hot sticks, man, I'm going to say this thing again because I believe it and I feel it again. That feels differently than something that feels like you're just saying the things. Like I, I will pray. I find that I pray in the shower a lot. Uh, oftentimes, uh, like uh, especially Sunday mornings, uh, I'm praying for church that day. Like, you know, you know what I've read. You know what I'm thinking change it now where it needs to change, uh-huh. this kind of stuff. And frankly, I walk out of the – I generally get out of the shower with a much better sense of what I was going to teach in an hour or two than, than I did before I got in there. Um, but, like, if I'm not careful because I pray most of the time, like when I get in the shower, um, it starts to just uh, – like it, does, it follows a, a pattern, and I'm not in it. I'm not paying attention. I'm just talking at God. I think you could use the exact same words – Engaged, and it, and it's fine. Like it, it's really because when it becomes, uh, I, I and you know I don't like we've talked about this before. I don't mind patterns and rhythms and 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 repeating things. I don't mind notions of liturgy, but as long as you're engaged in it, as long as it isn't just you just reading words like let's not read Psalm 23. Let's pray Psalm 23. Don't just read and and see if you can remember the Lord's prayer. Like if you want to pray that same prayer three times a day, like a good Jewish boy, I'm in Jesus would have, but like he's probably engaged in it as opposed to just saying it. And so like, I think that actually is where the the rubber meets the road there. Hmm. I feel like I'm going to add that to my prayers of Lord, help me to be rewowed by you hmm. yeah, yeah today. That's legit. Yeah, that's legit. Okay, go back to that man's list. Okay. If he has rewound on there, I'll slap a wet noodle. I i not I don't want to encourage that either. <laughs> that's a phrase. <laughs> People use it all the time. Just just to make sure I'm prepared for this. Did anybody bring a wet noodle? No, you gotta make it. That's uh, why it's a big deal. <laughs> you gotta yeah. buy it, make it, then get it out. That seems like a real affair. Okay, here we go. Uh to so praise God for who he is. Thank God for what he has done. Okay. Yeah, that's that helps barometer your way back to um, opposed to taking minor stock in the day. There are broad truths, uh, not only for his grace, mercy and forgiveness of your sins, but like the fact that your, uh, you know, your your family is here or, you know, you have a job or you're supporting your, you know, you have a life to support yourself and you have community around you and all that kind of jazz. Yep. Yep. Agree. All right. Three, pray that you remember God's love and grace for you. Hmm. OK, give me good. Give me good perspective. Uh, help me not. actually, I think it's a big one for me, just in general. not and then I, maybe I'll broaden that out just a little bit of 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 remembering of not living today as if the previous days in my walk with Jesus Christ didn't exist. Um, and and remembering at times when I have been awed and wowed. And encouraged and emboldened. Actually, I was listening to a past show, trying to clean up, uh, we were talking before the show started, trying to clean up some of the na- titles of the show, so like, it just doesn't just say the episode, Like it may describe what's going on in there, so you could find it if you wanted to. Um, and so I had to listen back to one on the way here, and we were talking about a time, like a week Uh, A number of months ago where I was feeling just a little bit discouraged as a pastor and like I had a really, really good week like God. I I felt like sent people to encourage me like uh, multiple people mentioned something that we had that they had learned over the last number of months or within the book. And I remember I found those uh, free Fox's book of martyrs on the trash day. Yeah. <laughs> and it felt like the Lord was for me that week. Um, and to be honest, had I not listened back to that show, like the thought of that particular week of where I needed encouragement and God sent some, I would have just forgotten. Mm. It would have been gone. Yeah. And like, I just feel like we're, we're fickle like that. And so um, remembering at times when it's, when it very, it seems very prescient that God is not with you. Um, being reminded of the times when he was and like, boy, I tell you what, boys, this, this would be a thing. The, the, the way to be a solid friend is if I could, uh, Let, me, let me, I'll put it the, go in the other direction. If at any given time, one of you guys could come to me and say, Ben, I'm feeling discouraged. Remind me of a time when God was with me and I knew it and I knew it to share back with you. I knew all my friends stories or at least some key ones that if you were to ask, I remembered um, you talking about that and could share it back with you. And like that requires that you would have shared it to begin with, but like boy, a community where you could look at anybody in your community and go feeling low. Can you remind me a time when God was you? and they have something that's not just pithy and it's not just shallow, but it's like, yeah, remember this time. And you're like, yes, thank you. So I had a, it, it was the, it was the best uh, youth group that I'd ever had. And we, we'd invited like people from our church to come in and just tell their story, how they got to know Jesus, you know, up to from basically from birth up to this point, what their life looked like and, and how they got to know Jesus, you know? And I, I, I saved this gal for the ender cause she's always the ender. <laughs> and so um, I asked her to come in and she was, uh, and I said, uh, you know, I, I, you're the last one. So, so just know you can say whatever you want. I'm sure you're going to do great, you know? And she totes in two boxes of rocks and, uh, she sets them down on the counter, and both all the kids—there's like 20 kids there looking at her—and she goes, "Pick one." And those, so every kid went in there, took a turn picking out a rock, and it would say a phrase on it, and and then she would retell the story of what God did. And and it was that day um, that I was reminded that I don't keep very good track of all the ways that God was faithful to me, um, was overly generous and blessing to my family and uh, took care of me, and watched me, and like, even some of those rocks, uh, uh, I mean, I know her personally, some of those rocks were kind of painful, uh, right, but she's like, they all tell God's story, and they all say what, what God has done in our lives, and he showed up, and like, there was a lot of rocks there, <laughs> you know, and so like, uh, like that day, um, I talked to my wife and my kids, and like, we started doing this intentionally, we started writing on rocks, I'm like, I I, I, I love this, I, I don't know how else to keep track of this, my my fickle mind will lose it, Yeah. and so like, when God, even even in in small things, right? Even when we took we got to take a vacation that we really needed, and we're able to look we'll we'll pre, we'll go back and do a rock because like the week after was horrible, you know. And and we're like, well, I feel like I feel like God gave us a rest before we walked into this, and that was very generous of Him. We better get a rock. And now on vacation, we grab rocks in, pre, in anticipation that like we're going ha- to write one when we get home because this is what God did. And so like it's very cool after a while to have a physical rep- representation in your house of all the things that got, God has done. So even when you're feeling low and disconnected, when you got 50 rocks on a table and you go, I'm not really disconnected here. I'm just not remembering. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so like I, I, you know, I would encourage anybody to do that. It's, I know it seems kind of weird. Uh, But I'm telling you, it's a blessing in spades, not only to start keeping a little bit better track of of the times that God literally showed up in your life to do something, but uh, it keeps your your gratefulness up, your generosity towards other people up, and your overall disposition of God hasn't gone anywhere. He's consistently here. See, I have these, you know. So uh, anyway, I would really encourage that. Uh, It just reminded me I should do that when I get home uh, for the prayer stuff. So, yeah. Uh, So number four, pray that you would love your neighbors. Yep. Five, talk to God about someone in need. Six, six, pray for someone who does not yet know Jesus. Yeah. Seven, seven, pray that you would love your enemies. Boy, these are these are heavy ones. Eight, oh. pray that you would give your time, money, and energy. Nine, pray for your church or Christian community. Hold on, we're going to keep moving through. Pray for your city and nation. Pray for your civic and national <laughs> leaders. Mm-hmm. Pray for kindness. Ew. Pray for humility. Yeah. Pray for teachability, pray for the ability to forgive, pray for obedience, pray for your mind to be renewed, pray for purity, pray for responsibility, pray for courage, pray for hope. That could keep you busy. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's say someone's struggling right now and, and, and wanted to take a swing at this list. Would you recommend that they try to plow through all 21 at once, take one a day and focus on it, uh, for a day? Uh, yeah, I think that's helpful. I, I mean, here's the only thing I would. Well, so without thinking about this as a a finger shake or a critique, is there anything missing from here that jumps to your mind right away? Because I had one. Let's start with yours, and then me okay. and Nathaniel will follow up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, like one of them, I think is just is is praying for God. Um, to rejuvenate your prayer life. Like, like praying for the direct thing. Like these, are, this becomes like a bit of a list, a task list to say, oh, here's what I can do if I can't think of anything. But like at its core, to the extent that like nothing's running into, like I'm having s- some of this issue, I feel like focusing prayer on, um, God, I, I'm asking for you and your, your spirit to rejuvenate my heart and my desire to pray for you. Cause like, I think you can you can have it look better. You can have it look and feel better this way. Um, but like, I also not, and I think it's okay, but I, I just, I don't know if I want to dance around it with God either. Like my direct problem right now is I'm not feeling super motivated. I'm not particularly engaged. Um, I'm, I'm not very, um, uh, uh, committed or passionate about this aspect of my relationship with God. And of of all the ways to 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 fix that, I feel like being honest with him about it is probably my first start. And so again, I, it's just slightly different than what the list was after. And so I, again, don't take it as a critique on the list necessarily, but like that was mm-hmm. one of them that jumped out of me. Kind of a, I, I believe, help
2: me believe. That's right. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. I know. i It's even. It's kind of. It's kind of like a conversation you might have with your spouse on just saying, "Hey, man, like something doesn't feel right here," and. Uh, it seems to be, maybe it's expressing itself in, in we're arguing, we're arguing about small things and we're doing, uh, we're nitpicking at each other or we're not talking to each other in the way that we always do. And so let's just, let's just ignore all that for right now and just say like, something feels like it's not connecting right now. What, what do you think? Or "Can, can, can you help me? I don't know why I'm feeling this way now with God. Like obviously relationship is, is different, but like, I mean, just go for the thing maybe just start for the thing as opposed to what some just slightly can feel like, um, Hey, I can't think of anything. How do I, how do I think of stuff? It just in case there's something else that like you need to pray on and then listen for a minute and you find that your you, stuff is just blocking you. And the, like, there could be sin that blocks you to be honest. Like it, it's not just our prayer lives don't stagnate just because we can't think of anything. Like in fact, just listening to this list. If you think to yourself, Like, how could I possibly act like there's nothing to pray for? Like, what level of arrogance goes, you know what, I'm pretty good here. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I can't think of it. I'm good. My whole family's good. The world's doing cranking around all right. Nothing to be thankful for particularly, but nothing I really need. Thanks, Jesus. Like, it's not, you know that's not the case if you took any time looking at the world. And so I just, I wonder if there's something else that might be causing things to be stagnant outside of, I can't think of anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. You guys think of anything else uh, from the list that, that would jump out at you or that might be missing?
0: You talk about praying for uh, 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 other Christians who are maybe suffering right now. Uh, did I miss that one? Uh,
1: uh, no. Uh, well, he said pray for your church or Christian community, but I think what you're talking about is a little bit different. So, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that uh, specifically because I think it it, it reorients you to like – if that time you're saying, "Hey, I can't think of anything to pray for," when I start praying for uh, our friend Sarfraz in, in, in Pakistan, like I, he's up against all kinds of things. He's like money shortages is a deal. Hot, not being able to provide water coolers to people or the, the families that work at the brickyard is a deal for him. And like I've got a, a whole set of things I could be praying for Sarfraz about, and it starts to it removes me from looking at the world only through my own guys Going, well, boy, I just uh, wish I could come up with something. Right to talk to the Lord of the universe about. Mm. Okay, Dan, you, you know
2: I, I always think back to, to college. It's probably the first time I really heard this, and I, it was in a missions I think class. But but he brought up the scripture that, that like the Apostle Paul said, pray for us to have open doors mm. uh, to share the Gospels. That that often is a theme I'll think about if. Um, can't think of something to pray about pray for open doors but also for boldness and to speak clearly the gospel yep so those are like all 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 that all that has to line up together uh if you have an open door and don't speak well what good was it and if you speak but there was no open door what good was that so kind of those three thing together yeah uh, things together
1: yep okay all right 21 things hey if you're if you're um if you're struggling with this a little bit, like with your with your prayer life, and I don't know, again, we, there's just dudes in the room, so like our experience tends to be filtered through dude type problems. Um, but um, you know, I one, you're, you're you're not alone, and I'm like, I'm don't, I, I be careful on evaluating your prayer life as saying, how was my salvific relationship with the Lord Jesus or like, do I not trust him and it's just being reflected in my prayer life? Like sometimes uh, how we handle relationships doesn't necessarily reflect how we feel about those relationships. Like I I think you've been there. I think every dude at some point or other has been uh, on the other side of an accusation of not being um, super talkative with his wife or as open as he could be. Or, um, or that kind of thing, or, or you're excited about longer conversations. And so, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, just be careful to not over crank on that. Um, it, it doesn't mean that things are, um, uh, that your relationship with Jesus isn't bad. It just means it can be better. Yeah. You're missing out Yeah, is what's happening. You're not, it's, you're not in the negative here. You're just missing out on the positive. Right. And there's no reason to, um, and, and, and then some of that causes you to have to rele- like release some of your dude hesitances and be part of um, more open—oh, uh, shoot, I do not want to say open relationship. That sounds bad. Mm. I mean more uh, uh, transparent. Transparent? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Transparent relationship with God um, and, and allowing the surfaces to be scratched a little deeper. Um you know, and finding some way to articulate it. So anyway, whatever, Well, we can be praying for you with that. Just pray for us. I think we're working on it. Everybody in the room's got it. Dan's had a sweet experience lately. He's doing yeah. the best. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but obviously, like, I think there's there's clear and tangible value in, um, in having this be something that you continue to mature in, in your faith. And so um, if this is a good call and reminder to do that, then uh, please take it as such. Hmm. Okay. Uh, now, similar, a suggested article related to this, this one on the Christian Post is how to put Satan in his place in three easy steps. Ooh, three <laughs> easy steps. <laughs> yeah, finally. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, when I was a 12-year-old aspiring basketball player, I heard NBA Hall of Famer Adrian Dantley teach about basketball's triple threat. I learned that when you first received the ball, you were in a great position with three potential options, dribble, shoot, or pass. I wouldn't soon forget the power of the triple threat, and it changed the way I played basketball. I am not a good preacher. Listen here. People who do this well can take any example and go, I'm ready. I'm going to teach you how to deal with Satan on dribble, shoot, or pass. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Let's see. As followers of Christ, oh, no, here we go. We can be a spiritual threat every day. This will change the way we live. Our opponent, Satan, wants to defeat us and take us out. He doesn't want us to win, and he is working overtime to make sure you and I are discouraged and overwhelmed. He wants us to believe the goal of life is to just survive, get through one more day. But in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, Paul gives us a great spiritual triple threat. It is simply this. Be joyful, pray, and give. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 16 to 18. We should probably read that. Okay, hold on. Is look. it at the top of the article? Uh, yeah, here we go. I'll just, uh, oh, shoot. My internet doesn't work. You have to do it for me. Okay, hold on. What was it again? 1 Thessalonians five sixteen to 18. Okay. Hold on. Read. Oh, no. but I want my feedback right now. When I'm trying to give, a, I'm trying to look for the first Thessalonians. <laughs> this is a compelling radio. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't help the way the, the app works. First Thessalonians five, sixteen through eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Is it, I mean, is there anything before or after that one that puts that in the context of this is how to defeat the opponent, Satan? Uh, verse 15. This is how you defeat Satan. Mm. Oh, do I feel. Sheepish. Rejoice always. Pray without. No. <laughs> 15 is, uh, let's see, what are, we, what are we even talking about? Final instructions and a benediction. Oh, yeah. he's yeah. just sealing it up. It's just yeah, don't see, repay any evil for evil. That's right. Verse 15 see that something. no one repays anyone evil for yeah. evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. I think I'm
2: going to be disappointed in the title of this article more than its <laughs> contents. And then 22 says, stay away from every kind of evil.
1: So there's e- it's bookcase between evil. Yeah, right. Okay. Evil and evil. Yeah. yeah. Threat number one. So pass it. Uh, triple threat, put Satan on his heels. Number one, be joyful. Paul says to be joyful always, not sometimes. It would have been easier to live this out if he wrote, be joyful, not be joyful always. Always seems impossible. Unnecessary semicolon. Sometimes is more realistic. This is this is a flat. This is a normal place for a comma. Okay. This is a command that instructs us to be full of joy all the time. It's like saying you will do life with joy in your heart all the time. You got it.
2: <laughs> I wonder is, is it an imperative there in the Greek? I mean, is it a command or is it? I uh, mean, it's like, yeah, is joy is a fruit of the spirit. It's something you don't do. It's something that happens. Right.
1: That's something that we pray the Holy Spirit for. Yeah. I've tried to yeah, do I'm joy to... on my own. It fails terribly. Like I'm really going to be on top. of I'm going to be joyful. Joyful like, today.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: it goes. I mean, it's. Terrifying.
2: How about I don't block joy? Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. it. Maybe how that's what we look at. I don't stand it. in
1: the way of joy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like where you are at, Dan. You know what? It's funny though. I like that. It's uh, th- like that's the whole verse. Yeah. Like the Thessalonians five sixteen. Rejoice always. That's it. <laughs> uh, Dan, I, let's see how how can you tell how can you tell whether it's the imperative? Uh, let's see if I can. I don't do enough Greek on my phone. Yeah. Uh, is everybody else doing research here but me?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh hello. <laughs> just for uh, just for people's benefit. Present
1: active
2: imperative second person plural. Imperative then. Mm. Okay,
1: Ben. what what app do you use to verify these kind of things? Uh, Logos. He's in the Logos. Yeah. yeah. Ben, you use? I'm uh, well. I'm using Blue Letter Bible.
0: I'm also on Blue Letter Bible. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. All right. So be joyful. Joy is more than happiness. It is at the core of our soul. Joy is internal, and happiness is external. Happiness can come and go, but joy is here to stay. It comes from knowing our identity in Christ. God gives us joy. I'm about done with this guy. Semicolons. Do not let anyone or anything rob you of the joy that God has placed in you. We should experience joy all the time, succeeding or failing, winning or losing. Now, now I hear this. I hear Paul saying this, but like this, this the way that he's describing this. I feel sets people up to. To maybe misunderstand, uh-huh. You're, because like at what point? Hey, we should have joy all the time. Hey, man, your kid just got in a motorcycle accident. You should be joyful right now. Like, I'm not sure that's what Paul is is saying here. Right. right. I, like, I I feel like you can overturn this knob and misunderstand mm-hmm. what the what the point is. I think he's talking. He's painting with the broad brush, and I think it does mean it means that you um, should continually be reminded of who you are in Christ Jesus, and that should be a lens of which you take the world in yeah. and your circumstances. I think that's right, and I think that is harder than than give what we give it credit for. I just I just want to be super careful. That were like uh, joy is internal. Like you have to willfully will yourself to have some notion of joy of how you think about joy in the midst of what is obvious pain, obvious weeping with those who weep. <laughs> like I just I I, I, I just want to be careful that you, we don't over. Yeah, it's not saying put on a fake smile. That's right. That's right um yeah winning or losing happy or sad uh yeah i just succeeding or failing it's because we have a hard time distinguishing between happy and joy right yeah yeah and i'm not sure it's as easy or clean as we teach it either like to say happiness is external joy is internal like again i i think i think some of that's it's a simplistic way of saying it i think it's helpful to say even if i don't feel happy can i still take the world in through this no be the reminder of who I am in Christ Jesus. Enjoy be reminded of the bigger picture of which then changes why um, my lack of external happiness. Yes. I think that's okay. And, I, and it, it sniffs very close to right. I, I just, I think you can use it wrong. I guess maybe that's my hesitancy here. I think you can use it wrong. And if people misunderstand what it is to be joyful and confident in who you are and and thankful for what God has done um, while being subject to human Um, very human circumstances. Maybe that's it. Mm. Uh, Threat number two, pray continually. Once again, Paul makes an extreme statement. If if instructing us to pray was not hard enough, he had to attack on the extreme word continually. You might be saying to yourself, I pray, just not all the time. Paul is saying that we should always be connected to our maker with constant access to the throne of glory. There should always be a prayer in our heart and on our lips. Many times we just pray when we need something. A prayer principle that has radically changed my life is, Prayer is not telling God what he already knows, but God revealing to us what we do not know. Our goal is not to give God a report through prayer. Trust me, God does not need updates. What he wants for us is to dig deep and find out what is below the surface. Yeah. I'm with this wild haired man. No <laughs> updates. Yeah. Mike, the anchor man needs to take a break. Yeah. Lord, I need to tell you about this thing that went down. So my, my wife does the thing where it's like she starts a prayer out in the morning time and then she don't say amen until she goes to bed. So, like, she just continually. I like that. Yeah. 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 So she doesn't, like, do the five-minute prayer or whatever at lunchtime and say amen. She just lets it float out and then goes about her day. So she says, good morning, Jesus, in the morning. And then she says amen one time a day. That's it. Hmm. I like amen one time a day. I think that's great. Yeah. One time a day, amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, threat number three. None of these, like, I, this, this is what I said. I'd be disappointed. I think he's just, this is an article click problem. You put how to put Satan in his place in three easy steps. And really what you're saying is, uh, please read the letter from Paul and do yeah. what it says. <laughs> how to live out First Thessalonians. <laughs> that's, yeah. what, that, that's what we're talking about. It's his hair that grabs people in. Yeah. If a dude with a short buzz haircut would have gave the same advice, you're like, I don't think so, dude. Yeah. But this man looks like he lives on the wild side, has a helicopter probably. Yeah. Yeah, I bet he does have two, maybe two helicopters. Why would a guy need two helicopters? That's what people said, but how do you know the Lord blessed him? Oh, yeah. One helicopter is pretty yeah, standard. You can, you can get that on your own. Hey, man, you can get that off the eBay Two helicopters, that's a blessing from the Lord. Yeah, it is. That's a a south wind. (laughs) Threat number three, give thanks. In all three threats, Paul uses extreme commands. First, it was was always, then continually, and finally it is all. Just like in Ephesians 4.29, we need to use our words to build up others, bringing praise. When we speak, we either speak life or death. Giving thanks means speaking life in every situation. Full colon, in the locker room, classroom, home, on the phone, and even in text messages. I like that the locker room brings out the worst to everybody. <laughs> like I had a locker room talk. Like as soon as people get in there, all of a sudden, all morality goes out the window, and it's nothing but profanity and nudes. <laughs> Why is that? Like, I don't know. I guess as, 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 for fellows who go into locker has that been your experience? No, I it, immediately a, try to keep to myself in all aspects of whatever's happening in there. And Nathaniel, do you find locker rooms to be a den of iniquity?
0: Uh, no, when I uh, was going to the YMCA uh, in the mornings, um, there was one old guy in me who would always cross paths, and he and he would conversate with me. Yeah. Oh, the how's the weather today? Eh? We're gonna be a scorcher. <laughs> well, he was uh, completely nude. Yes, completely. <laughs> yeah.
1: That is, the, and 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 that I think we've discovered that after a while, that's just what comes with being an old man. Yeah. Your, your give-a-crap is out, and you're like, <laughs> I will stroll around this in the boardwalk, and here we go. Whoa.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, yeah it eventually came to light that I worked with his son. Oh. But his son was 50. This oh. Dude, this dude was old. Wow. <laughs> uh. So, okay,
1: but not, when we say, hey, locker room talk, just know that most dudes are going, what's the weather like, Sam, or what's corn by the bushel? Maybe that's an Iowa problem in the locker room. I'm just yeah. telling you. it's just not instant butt-slapping and dirty jokes. That's not been my experience in the locker room, so. Now you were never on any Dan. You were on sports teams in high school. Right, Would right. you find that to be a den of iniquity? Yes. Okay. Dan, Dan yeah. says, a lot of
2: bragging, and you never knew if it was true or not. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, I own six. I plaid hoped it shirts. wasn't true. No, you don't, Steven. No one owns six bad <laughs> shirts. Conquests of cheerleaders and things like
0: that.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it really it just depends on the time of life and the group. Okay, yeah. the the young men's Christian Association locker room isn't the same. It's place. much toned down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, especially at six thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah, As people up that early don't have time to be talking all that smack. Uh, Proverbs twelve eighteen says that reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Secular or Solomon.
0: Mm.
1: When you speak, do you bring healing? No. Is Satan threatened by the way you talk? So here's the, So I'm going to say this. Uh, I much would prefer that we posture obedience. And faithfulness in Scripture as honoring and following Jesus, than trying to take some kind of stab at an opponent that Jesus doesn't give a, a lot of time a day to. Like, it's just a wrong way. Like I, I totally get the not today, Satan, but like how about yes today, Jesus? Like I, I just it feel like it's oriented much better because it, when the not today, Satan just like points at you. It points back to you and goes, "Hey, I'm going to be a butt whipper today, boys." Yeah, I so I, I always struggled with, because people would come up to me like, like, Satan's really after me uh, these last couple of days, I'm like. And I always struggled with that, because like, my first reaction is, I feel like you're not that important, that Satan himself is coming up to do battle one-on-one with you. I've only seen him recorded in the Bible as doing battle a mano a mano with one entity, right? And it was Jesus himself. Right, de- demons maybe. Demons maybe. Yeah, I ain't taking that off the table. and
2: Eve. I mean, I mean...
1: What was that and the first and human. Eve. I mean, that was that was a big one. Yeah, that was the one. Else. He conquered the first humans. Do you? Well, I guess is there, do we do we see a picture of him any any other time?
2: Yeah, I don't know that we do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, those are those are big moments, though. Yeah, yeah he yeah, shows yeah. up it's,
1: for the birth of humanity.
2: Let's and, cause sin to infect the entire everything. Yeah, so that's right. that a big one.
0: He shows up for Job. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well,
2: in heaven, he's talking to God, though. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's true. He's not like tempting Job, enticing Job with like a rudimentary pornography. Yeah, <laughs> Look at that rock. It looked like a boob. <laughs> Job is off the path. It not, re- not require an example, Mike. It, l- it looked like a boob. <laughs> this ain't no Palestinian locker room. <laughs> I'm sorry. I let it get a little blue in here for a minute. <laughs> okay. So uh, in either case, you were saying uh, people say Satan's after me. Uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so like I um, I, I think you more I, I more need to empathize with, with how they're feeling right now. They're not feeling rejuvenated, attacked, alive in the Lord, full of joy, like uh, Thessalonians says. Um, But I think that it it really is just a conversation that I think starts to lend too much power to Satan, right? Like uh, when God says, uh, when Jesus says, this is done, uh, it, it means it's done, right? Like, and his name alone will cover this. And so instead of you armoring with your, it's just like when we're trying to get joy Uh, you're only capable of of Mike's level of joy or Dan's level of joy, right? You're also only capable of Mike's level of defense or Dan's level of defense against the the opposer. And so, like, uh, you're just just rooting it in the wrong place, right? And this is our goal as Christians anyway. We funnel everything up. Everything goes up. The good stuff, the bad stuff, the scary stuff, our anxiety, the depression, the worry, all of it. It all funnels up. And so when you start to stand on your own, that's how you end up being uh, Israel again. Uh, and walking through deserts and going, oh, we got this, we got this covered. Like, you don't got it covered, you know better. And you're going to screw it up and realize you tried to do it again, and that's where you lay your armor down and go, you know, I bought this stuff at a garage sale. i got to be honest, this yeah. is the best I had to do. Right. And so, like, uh, it's, I, I think I'm with Ben. I think it's just a, a wrong thought. Like, the Bible over the whole, I can't remember what it's, it is. It, it, like, denotes, like, less than, like, six, eight verses to Satan on the whole, right? His name yeah. shows up, like, barely at all. Um, And so, like, it's something to be dealt with, but it was always God's to handle and God's to deal with. And so, we funnel up and let God fight things that Satan can't bust through, right? uh, If God's on on the armor, yeah. Like I might say, like if the article says how to put Satan in his place in three easy steps, I feel like my gut reaction is Jesus already put Satan in his place. How can I honor Jesus in three easy steps? It's just, it's just a. It's just a I, I think it's just a better orientation. Um, I, it, I think it just points you away. Yeah, from but good things. One, you don't have a suit on. I know. And and he two, looks so, he looks good. You don't have Philip Ramsey hair. Yeah, also a problem. And three, you underuse semicolons. He's got a big forehead. No, his, his hair has to support it. The forehead has to be bigger to oh, support Oh, yeah, if the you're going to build a temple, you got to have strong pillars. you, you got to have a right. f- foundation right. for some kind. <laughs> yeah, I was wrong on that. I shouldn't have said that. Shoot. What's, oh, the, what's the tail end of three? Uh, three was, um, I love working with the FCA because we have volunteers, donors, board members, coaches, athletes, and staff who wake up every day and live in such a way that when their feet hit the floor, oh, this is so cliche, feet hit the floor in the morning, Satan shudders and says, oh, no, they're awake Oh dear no, no this guy was right this guy was writing memes in nineteen eighty three <laughs> before they were popular he's saying stuff like this uh, no, I'm sure no here's the thing that shutter happened one time, and that was uh, that was when the stone moved, and he goes, "Oh oh no, he's awake that oh, was no. it he's yeah awake. there you go that was <laughs> it that that happened not. Nathaniel's up. (laughs) Yeah. Hold tight. I'm going to make a shake and um, uh, some peanut butter eggs, and then I'll be right with you. (laughs) Peanut butter Opponent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. They live out the triple threat every hour, every day, every week, every month, and every year. I am humbled and honored. This is an FCA propaganda. Put Satan on his heels today. Our opponent will do everything. Love and serve Jesus today. Our opponent will do everything to prevent us from being a triple threat, but it's what God's called us to do. There are family members, co-workers, friends, neighbors, and teammates who are depending on you to be joyful. Pray continually and give thanks. I know why we're saying these things. I just <sighs> wish you wouldn't. Yeah, we just need to reorient it. Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with being energized and on fire for the things the Holy Spirit is doing. Right. Which is all the things he just listed. Yeah. Right? But, like, we're, we're, we're followers of Jesus Christ. We're not on the defensive. Ever. Yeah. Right? We're not on the defense. <laughs> we're not hiding behind anything. Yeah. And so, like, it's just a weird posture to think, Oh no, we're going to get outflanked by, by Satan today. It's not going to happen, right? You put your, you, you put your faith in the, he, the creator of us is the creator of, of Satan and he owns the keys to hell. And so like Satan's got no, he's just got no power here, right? He's got power to, to, to give to people who want to take it from him, right? To take what he's offering very much the same as Jesus has, right? Jesus offers you these things and it's your option to take it or not take it, but you're not going to accidentally become part of one of the devil's schemes, uh, as you faithfully keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, that's the answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, uh, let's no. do. I, I had a couple other. Hold on, no, Hold, not that one. One, one. Here we're going to do. Left Behind author Jerry Jenkins talks new book, fatherhood, and why he believes we're in the end times. Right. So that's, we're just going to cover that one spot. Okay. Because uh, I'm interested. It's been a while, and like to be honest, the theology behind the Left Behind books has waned um, in popularity a bit. Uh, since it was originally written, uh, the co-author t- Tim LaHaye died, uh, a-, a number of years back. And so, uh, Jerry Jenkins, um, says, believes the world is close to the end as described in his popular biblical end times fictional series left behind and has penned a new novel titled after his son's hit series, the chosen. Hey man. Who? His eldest son is the writer for the chosen. No kidding. Not crazy. Oh, mm. well, he's done a great job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Jenkins has sold 72 million copies of his Left Behind books and says he'll continue working because he believes the world is experiencing some of the scenes fleshed out. In his Left Behind series. He'll continue working because he wants to continue to make money. <laughs> actually, that's why he will continue working. Actually, he wrote this. is funny. Uh, he said he's written nearly 200 books with 21 of them making the New York Times bestsellers list, and he has no intention of slowing down. He says, well, I don't see any place in the Bible that talks about retirement. Well, that's true. And at the risk of sounding falsely modest, I really think I'm mono-gifted. But he said Mano, like M-A-N-O. What like mano mean? Well, I think it meant like singularly. Like he says, I don't sing or dance or preach. Writing is all I do. So like mano, but like mano gifted. Huh. I just I've not seen that. Like mano y mano. Hold on, I don't think the internet slow. It's not gonna show up. No, it's gone. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, he says we're getting pretty close to the end. I think we have more reason to believe that now than we ever have. Jenkins said it seems like something's coming. This is all solid biblical theology. You just wonder how long God can carry us as sinful and restless as the world is. That's the worst theology I've ever heard in my life. I just don't know how much longer the creator of the universe can bear this up. Certainly he will cave under the weight and the world will have to end. Yeah, this is stupid. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, you're, you're ignoring broad uh, parts of the Old Testament where we talked about societies that had fallen completely out of any type of recognizable order or any sense of morality at all. Yeah, right. Like, it continues to be the false uh, look at the world that says, hey, things are way worse now than they've ever been. They used to punish people by putting them in a sack and making a bunch of starved cats go in there with them and then throw the whole thing into the pond. And so while the guy drowns, he also gets scratched to death with some dying, angry cats. Yeah, like... It, is the, it, 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 it doesn't seem this way, but it is, it's the same height of arrogance that makes you think that America is the bellwether on whether uh, the world is coming to an end or not, right? It's the same height of arrogance that says, uh, yes, America is God's country, and we are the, the only place Christianity spreads, runs, and rocks. And the same guy gets to turn around and say, but judging by our cultural society right now, the end has got to be near. There's a, a giant world to consider. Uh, the gospel is on fire in China and in parts of Africa. And in the Middle East, right? And so, like, we are not the entire bellwether, wherever you live and whatever neighborhood that you're in, of exactly how biblical times is going gonna, is gonna to throw this thing down. Like, that's that's also a bit arrogant. Yeah. So now he's going to say something that, that we uh, I think we can agree to here. Let me finish this paragraph. On the other hand, God has a different economy of time than we do. He wrote in the Bible 2,000 years ago that the end was soon or imminent and that we should watch and wait. We've been doing that all these years, he continued. The Bible also says that God, to God, 1,000 years is as a day, and a day is as 1,000 years. So if he waits one more day in his mercy, that would be a 1,000 of our years. It's overly little reaction. But uh, check this out. Yet I don't think there's any more prophecy that needs to be fulfilled before the end, so it could be today as well. And I thought, <laughs> we're back in business, Jenkins. Yeah. I actually agree with that. It's just been true for 2,000 years, mm-hmm. as opposed to whatever weird list of things you've come up with over the last, you know, hundreds or something. Yeah, I, I, here's the problem. Yeah, read that next sentence, and then we'll round it out. The 71-year-old novelist stressed that all believers have a mission to share the good news, regardless of how bad the times become. Yeah. So, uh, once again, it, just like the Satan conversation, um, I just think it's a, a, a weird bucket to start from, mm-hmm. right? To be like, the end is near, change your ways. Uh, the good news, the gospel, as uh, Christ described it was, uh, salvation for all man. Uh, that your sins were put to rest and the world will be made back to right. That is the good news. Uh, you're starting with kind of the bad news when you're like, "Look, this is all going to come to an end." God said, uh, Jesus said, "Go out and spread the gospel, not go out and scare people to death." Uh, if that was effective, he'd have done so, right? And so I just feel like it's it's a weird bucket to start from. I think it's a it's a, a whole scope theology that like you should have some understanding of the end times. God put it in there for a reason. He had John write a book about it. It's worth taking in, but like. It is. It is certainly not the bucket to start from. I think this is kind of funny that his, his kid has run like a really put together, a really cool television show, and then his dad went and wrote a novel called the same thing. Doesn't it feel like he's trying to cash in on it? How I Raised the Guy That Wrote the Chosen by Jerry Jenkins. <laughs> I
0: also said he wrote two hundred books.
1: Most mm-hmm. of those were the Left Behind series, aren't there? I don't know how many books are the Left Behind. Two hundred of them. I don't know. <laughs> Now it feels like that. If you go to any uh, like a Goodwill or uh, other thrift store, it'll appear that he's written 200 books about Left Behind. I think of the the 21 best-selling like uh, New York Times ones. I think like a good chunk of those are Left Behind series. Huh. But that uh, means he's written written 180 stinkers.
0: Yeah, i I'm gonna go back to what I said a few months ago. Is like, who wants to write a book at all?
1: Yeah. You know, I mean Jenkins. He says I mean, there's still the thing, there's still money. Yeah. He makes a hit TV show based on the life of Jesus Christ. His son does. And then Jenkins turns around and writes a book about how his son wrote the TV show. I would just rather watch the TV show. Yeah. That's where I'm at on that. Yeah,
0: is it about, is that what it's about?
1: Oh, what was the name of it? No, no. The Chosen, uh, oh yeah, it's gone now. Jared Jenkins, The Chosen. Something about The Chosen. Yeah. But it's not like about the show at all. I think he's just taken the name of the show Mm. and used it to like encourage people. (laughs) Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I give that a hoof.
0: Interesting. A hump. Yeah.
1: Okay, so uh, we're gonna do advice, but hold on. I got. Uh, there's a couple of prayer jokes. No, you get one. They got two. No. Yeah. No. Too no. much. Too much prayer.
0: Ugh.
1: This is gonna be great. Everyone loves these jokes, Mike. No. We get we get accolades on the on the Bob Ives and Larry complain Never happens. People say, jokes. "Hey, tell me more wholesome wholesome humor." Johnny, a very bright five year old, told his daddy he'd like to have a baby brother, and along with his request, offered to do whatever he could to help. His dad, a very bright 35-year-old, paused for a moment and then replied, I'll tell you what, Johnny, if you pray every day for two months for a baby brother, I guarantee that God will give you one. Oh. Johnny responded eagerly to his dad's challenge and went to his bedroom early that night to start praying for a baby brother. He prayed every night for a whole month, but after that time, he began to get skeptical. He checked around the neighborhood and found out that what he thought was going to happen had never occurred in the history of the neighborhood. You just don't pray for two months and then whammo, a new baby brother. So Johnny quit praying. In another month, Johnny's mother went to the hospital, and when she came back home, Johnny's parents called him into the bedroom. He cautiously walked into the room, not expecting to find anything, and there was a little bundle lying right next to his mother. His dad pulled back the blanket, and there was not one baby brother, but two. His mother had twins. Johnny's dad looked down at him and said, now, aren't you glad you prayed? Johnny hesitated a little and then looked up his dad and said, yes, but aren't you glad I quit when I did? <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. hey could have been seven kids, Mike. <laughs> uh, it could have been a could have been a Duggars. Yeah. These are the kind of jokes happening at the FCA locker room. Yeah. Okay. Fine. This is the second one. Final one. It combines both uh, prayer and devil. There was a Christian lady who lived next door to an atheist. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where's where's the word devil come from? Why do we say devil?
0: Uh,
1: I don't. It's that's in not scripture. in the Bible,
0: is it? Yeah, yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, it is. No, but it's not the. That's not the. That's a that's a translation word, right? Well, yeah. That
0: was transliteration.
1: I don't, I don't know about that. Mm. Okay. okay, your enemy, the devil. First
2: Peter five.
1: Yeah, what's that word? In First Peter five, is it, is it the satan, asatán? Okay, like you are you checking it? Yeah, and give no opportunity to the devil. Ephesians four twenty seven. I'll look it up. Keep reading the joke. Okay, there was a Christian lady who lived next door to an atheist. Every day when the lady prayed, the atheist guy could hear her. He thought to himself, "She sure is crazy, praying all the time like that. Doesn't she know there isn't a god?" Many times while she was praying, he would go to her house and harass her, saying, Lady, why do you pray all the time? Don't you know there is no God? But she kept on praying. One day, she ran out of groceries. As usual, she was praying to the Lord, explaining her situation and thanking Him for what He was going to do. As usual, the atheist heard her praying and thought to himself, <laughs> I'll fix her. He went to the grocery store, bought a whole bunch of groceries, took them to her house, dropped them off on the front porch, rang the doorbell, and then hid in the bushes to see what she would do. When she opened the door, saw the groceries, she began to praise the Lord with all her heart. Jumping, singing, and shouting everywhere. The atheist then jumped out of the bushes and told her, You old crazy lady, God didn't buy you those groceries. I bought those groceries. Well, she broke out and started running down the street, shouting and praising the Lord. When he finally caught her, he asked what her problem was. She said, I knew the Lord would provide me with some groceries, but I didn't know he was going to make the devil pay for them. <laughs> Diabolos. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I yeah, I don't know how, we get the, how you got the... And yeah. we got devil. And, uh, but it's the same thing as the, uh, it's the accuser. The culminator, the slanderer, the accuser. That's all it means. Yeah. It's not a proper name. No, like, right. Just okay. like Hasatan is not. Yeah, yeah. Hasatan is not a proper name either. Yeah. Okay, advice. Dear, dear, live from the path. My stepdaughter is engaged to a wonderful young man she has been with for more than three years. We welcome him as part of our family and are excited to have him as a son-in-law. However... Due to his overwhelming anxiety, as my stepdaughter explains it, he barely says a word whenever we see him. In the several years that I've been dating engaged, he has joined us for only one family holiday meal, and conversation was painful, to say the least. We have invited him to many family gatherings, large and small, but he seems to have an excuse not to attend each one. I very much want to get to know him better and make him feel welcome, comfortable, and loved as part of our family. But his silence, lack of eye contact, and his apparent desire to avoid us make it very difficult. Any advice? What's that... It's that cartoon where that big giant kid is always like, I will love him and squeeze him and call him George. George <laughs> is my friend. <laughs> I love him and squeeze yeah. him and call that, him friend. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you seem like. He's like a sheepdog, isn't he? Like you're grabbing this tiny fella and you just want to over-squeeze him and over-love him. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, this seems kind of out of your business. I don't know. If he's I, mean, he's got Luke, I
2: mean, they're going to be his
1: son-in-law. I, I, I'd say do do little things.
2: He's inviting them to big family things. Yeah,
1: right. One-on-one.
2: Just go out with with your daughters. So, so offer, there's to the there. Yeah. Hmm? offer to watch a football game with them yeah,
1: or something. Offer to watch a football game with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do
2: something where he doesn't have to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to a movie. Start small.
1: Yeah, and work up. Yeah, I think there's uh yeah. Obviously, your family sounds pretty hip and and grandiose, and you like to do big things and celebrate and whatever. And I think that's awesome. He just ain't—he ain't cut of that rug. Yeah. That's just not that guy, mm. or he's a, a shady criminal. I don't so, know. So the advice is, is uh, don't. It's just stop pressing the matter, or uh, well, start not small. ignore
2: it. Yeah, but just start small. Just yeah, just, yeah I mean, be intentional.
1: Yeah, you're Meet not him cure his, level. his Anxiety, you know what I'm saying? Like if he's got legit anxiety, yeah. like chemical imbalance anxiety, you're not going to cure it with your love. <laughs> That's not how that works. Right. So yeah, I think you're going to have to try a different tact. Yeah, I agree. I think you just start small. There's no reason like you can't uh, you can't presume that uh just throwing him into the deep end is gonna teach him how to swim or or anything. And so uh yeah, start small. That's it. That's the genius.
0: I agree. Yeah.
1: Stamp it. Secular says, you are overdue for a serious talk with your stepdaughter. Yeah, yeah, lay down the law. That's Call what I police. mean. Yeah, have you ever asked her if she knows the reason for her fiancé's lack of social skills? Yeah, Accuse yeah. Anxiety. Is he this way with everyone, or just you and your husband? Could it be on the autism spectrum, or feel intimidated by your attempts to make him feel, quotes, comfortable and loved? His extreme introversion may be a red flag, because it may have negative repercussions for her if she marries him. What? She's willing to put the, the, the marriage at risk because the guy's got a little bit of, of anxiety about hanging out and with the families? I think that's unfair. I mean, like, if if he can't do one-on-one relationships or even have you, you know, watch a game with him or go to a monster truck or whatever the guy likes to do that's solitary. Like, let's say you just want to go for a walk in a field or something that makes him feel all right. If he can't even do that, if you can't have a conversation with him, even on a one-on-one thing, uh, I mean, it's going to be really hard, like, as they marry and have kids. You know he's going to have to opt out of all things. It's going to it's going to create stress and, and and problems. Not to say that the guy doesn't have any possible way of uh, rectifying this situation, but like uh, if he knows he's that way, that seems kind of selfish. To be honest, if I'm the dude and I'm like, look, man, uh, I am taking medication for it, or I'm choosing not to take medication for it. I want you to live a life completely next to me, and whatever you do outside this house, I will not be going. I didn't. Is that the impression we got that he's like that? Uh, from the parents' point of view, yes. Or maybe it's just I, I, with them. I thought it was just like like bigger get-togethers with them. What they not that like, hey, I won't go anywhere with my with my significant other. Well, they've been uh, together for several years. Yeah. He has joined us for only one family holiday meal, yeah. and conversation was bad. We invite him to many family gatherings, large and small, but he seems to not attend any of these. Right, so it doesn't speak to any of those. Maybe he goes on long walks next to the fountain all the time. Maybe they just don't like them. Maybe he don't like the parents. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough situation, but... Go visit him. Like I said, that we're not all the things proposing that he come out to whatever they're doing? Yeah. That was Dan's suggestion. Find, find something small to, to, to start out with him and see what's what. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, take his turf, I guess, is, was the point. Hmm. Okay. They're live from the path. How do I talk to my roommate about the thermostat without coming off as a, quote, parent or a control freak? Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. I prefer the thermostat to be set at 77 to 78 during warmer months. But every time I step out the door, they turn the AC down to 72 or 73. Makes the house feel like you could hang meat in here. The kicker is it's 80 (laughs) degrees outside. I don't think the unit even needs to be on. Not only am I concerned about the electric bill, I'm freezing in my own house with pants on. I know. Is the goal to not have pants on? I know this will become a problem because we're expecting temperatures in the 90s for weeks at a time. And the cost of electricity rises with the heat. I'm tired of playing the game of adjusting the temperature and not saying anything. Advice? Ooh, it, I, I didn't catch it. What's the makeup of the house? There's like roommates? Yeah. Yeah, and no, he's trying not to be the old man in the group. Or oh, the he, old lady he is the old man, man in the group. Yeah. yeah. 77 to 78. Mm-mm, that's hot a hot box, man. I, I, I'm going to tell you the same thing I, I have to tell my loving wife. When you let the temperature get that hot in your house, your refrigerator has to work even harder. So everything in your house that you're currently paying electricity for to cool like the freezer, the fridge, the deep freeze, whatever you're using, uh, fans you got to be spinning around, this all costs money. By the time you accumulate all that together, you can run the air conditioner down at a reasonable 72, which is comfortable, and your appliances aren't sweating and doing terrible. Your air conditioner also pulls humidity out of your house, right? It's doing a double thing here. It's not only cooling the air, it's pulling some of the moisture out of the air, which also causes all of your, your appliances to have to work harder. So, you could take the money thing right off the table. I don't think that even counts. So you say run it at a reasonable temperature for all these scientific reasons. Nathaniel, is he selling me a bill of goods? Does that sound right? What are you saying? Yeah, it sounds right to me. Okay. Also,
0: if you got you know wood in there, you don't want it all uh, precipitated with moisture. you got to get that humidity out of there.
1: Preach on, Nathaniel. You're going to ruin your wood floors. Wood I, floors? I suppose compu- uh, computers you're running. Stuff can be like anything. Any electronics that are, that have to stay cool obviously have to work harder when you keep your house at a hotter temperature. Electricity hates heat. Remember that. Electricity likes cold. Electricity does not like heat.
0: Hmm. Now, great. You grand. can wear a sweater, Grandpa.
1: Yeah, seventy-two is not hanging meat temperatures. No, that's a that's a. I mean, there, Ridiculous. Are, there are there are there are heating and cooling companies that are called seventy-two degrees because that is the at least mostly agreed upon temperature of which people are comfortable. Yeah, optimal. Yeah, so for you to act like it's like Eskimo season in there because they're running it at what people normally put it at, uh, yeah, you're over. It. You you're gonna look silly. Yeah, I mean you're just gonna struggle trying to get popular opinion here. I thought you were gonna be like they crank it down to sixty five. Okay, that's egregious, right? Like no one needs it that cold. But seventy two is considered reasonable uh, with a with a, like a thirty percent humidity range at your place. Uh, seventy seven, uh, especially for people that work outside. Like, if I get work outside all day and it's like 90 degrees and I show up my house is 78 degrees, I'm spicy. I'm Sriracha. I don't, I don't understand why it's so hot in this house. <laughs> like, I bought, I bought a house and I bought an air conditioner and and you're trying to frame it and make it like a picture here. And I want to use it. I want it to run. I want the fan spinning and I want coolness to be shooting out of vents. And it's not that expensive. It's not really that expensive. And, like, uh, I suppose it depends on what major market you're in where the electricity costs rise uh, with the temperature, like Uber, Like surge pricing. Yes, yes. I mean, they they do base your electricity bill based off this hour to this hour. So actually... Peak. Yeah, off-peak usage. So if you were smart, here's what you do. You get yourself some batteries, and you get off the grid during peak hours, and then go ahead and get back on the grid during non-peak hours, and you would pay fantastic electric rates.
0: Hmm. Or you just get yourself a chiller and cool down the water during off-peak rates, and then circulate that water through your house. So that that's what's doing the cooling rather than the electricity. That's also not a bad idea.
1: There's a lot of ways to get around this. Opposed to your, what I appear, I just flat out disagree with you, sir. I flat out
0: disagree with you. Roommates should get a lockbox and put it around the the thermostat and get a a key and keep it away from you. Now,
1: now, I mean, is there a path to peace here that says uh, they like 72, he wants 78, can everybody live at 74, 75? No. No, that's too hot.
0: <laughs> yeah. No yeah. peace, only war. You could always.
1: That's right. There's no peace. There's <laughs> only. It's like the Independence Day where they got the thing around that doctor's neck and he's like, "No peace." You don't know talking about. Yeah. 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 I do. Unfortunately. Yeah, okay. Do you know do the that. same impression to see if it's better. No peace. Now I think that's pretty good. Dan, do you do one? Uh,
2: uh, it's like when he's behind the, the window. And yeah, the, yeah. 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 What is he saying? No peace. Yeah. I have to touch, touch my throat. <laughs>
1: No <laughs> okay, Nathaniel, you're looking smoke. You do it. I don't have one, but I'll try. Okay.
0: No, no, <laughs> no, no
1: Okay, okay. Note to self: When Nathaniel says I don't have one, he means it. <laughs> do not press that man. Yeah, That's what he thought I, about this. Yeah. You sounded like like six six banshees all together in a chorus. I don't know how you did it. <laughs> Okay, so there's there's no path to, to reconciliation. He either he either has to decide to live in luxury like everybody else and put a sweatshirt on or move out. The rest of the world thinks 72 is fine. Do you complain at the bank or at your school or at your work or wherever you go no. that the rest of the world is piping in at 72? Now, I will tell you that I feel like old ladies do that. Like yeah. old ladies just assume the temperature should be to their liking wherever they go. Oh, Maybe you have bad circulation. That's how I was gonna say. They have no circulation. So that's yeah. a problem. Maybe you got health problems. Yeah, we'll get, see a doctor. Yeah. yeah, before you start swinging swinging gullies at your roommate here, I think you you have something wrong with you. Yeah. Seventy eight is not a reasonable temperature. That's old folks' home temperature. Yeah, get some. Yeah, get some. Either get some white lace-ups and a sweatshirt, or get some room-a-deal and some and some chiropractic adjustments. Yeah. and hold on. I'm not Turn done. Turn your guy.
0: room into a sauna.
1: Yeah. As, second of all. The the seventy two degrees doesn't feel cooler when it's ninety out. It still feels like seventy two. It's the same temperature. It's a Mm -hmm. relative reading, right? Like it doesn't change the hotter it is outside. And so I I don't I don't understand. You just said when it feels hot outside, you like to come into a cool house. I said when you work outside all day, you don't want to come home and be hot as well. Uh yeah, but the the the, what I'm saying is is like when it gets hot, it's gonna get be in the nineties next week. Yeah, and like but if you leave the thermostat at seventy two. It's going to feel like the same as it always feels. Oh, yeah. He, I think his point was, um, but because the outside heat attempts to encroach, uh, it's going to be uh, more effort to keep it at 72 and cost him big money. I'm going to tell you something else is true, with these, like, especially with the, fan, the fancy thermostats that are like, hey, when I'm away, let this temperature get up to 78. So uh, at some point, it's easier to maintain the 72 than it is to regain it every six hours, Right. Like, instead of running the thing, uh, short cycling your air conditioner all the time, uh, uh, and, and keeping it keeping it at 72, if you let the house to get to 78, you have to overcome that, that six degrees again. And it's less energy just to maintain it at the temperature that you want it at, instead of having to battle it all the time. So you said that smart thermostats lead you astray. Mm-hmm. It's for uh, the government. The like, government. Like yeah. they're trying to keep an eye on you? No, they want you to start uh, to use less electricity. Oh, They're All under the flag of energy efficiency, but really it's more money in the fat cat's pockets. You I know get, what I'm saying? I get nasty grams from the energy company all the time. They're like, you use like 80% more electricity during the day than everybody else on your block. Uh, but here's the deal. I homeschool. We're home during the day. Mm-hmm. like Everyone else leaves and uses the, this intelligent thermostat that turns everything down. I'm like, this is, we live here. Yeah, what kind of, what kind of <laughs> business is this? It's like the guy from the apple cart going, you buy three times as many apples as everybody else. This yeah. needs to cease. Yeah, aren't you happy, Appleman? We got wind towers spinning all over the place. They should be happily shoveling electricity your way. I don't know what they care. Yeah, I don't understand this the energy industry. We're like, you're right. It's the only purveyor of a good who then shames you if you use too much of what they're selling. Huh? Right. How many Snickers is that today? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like I don't get. That. I'm from the Mars Company. We think you use too much of our product. We'd like to sell less. <laughs> you're the worst
0: businessman ever. Also. <laughs> If you want to uh, cut down your energy bill, you can use evaporative cooling rather than uh, your... Will you stop introducing expensive cooling options? To no, people? this isn't a, a, expensive. The, I, I g- mean, it depends on whether you've got a well or not. If you have a well, it's way cheaper. True. If you don't... I have, a, I have a well. Ben's okay, a so well. Here's, the, here's the principle. Is, uh, your body, uh, in order to cool itself, evaporates. And it's way more efficient than using electricity. So what you do is you spray uh, water on top of your house... And uh, through the evaporative cooling, your house gets colder.
1: What do you mean? I, I, like I take a hose and I just yeah. hose my house down all the yep. time?
0: Yep. Huh. That's it? I don't have to do anything else? Well, it would be uh, most efficient if you took like a thermo- ther- thermography gun and see uh, where your hot spots are in your house and just hose those uh, particular parts off. But,
1: yeah. No. Uh, hold Mike, is he lying to me? Can't tell. I can go outside tomorrow. It's going to be hot tomorrow. And I just hose my house down every, what, few hours? Yeah. And then and it's and without running the air conditioning it's gonna stay cool.
0: Yeah, just put a sprinkler up there. It'll be cooler or cool. Cool. I don't know about that. No. I, I've seen no businesses <laughs> implement this. Yeah, because the water's expensive. But if you have a well like Ben, I have two wells. He's got yeah, two wells. He's got water plenty. Dos wellanos. He could cool his house for free. Multiagua. <laughs> okay, so
1: so we're just gonna set up now do you do it on the roof or do you do it on the siding? Both. Are you setting me up to make a fool? No. You're going to do a YouTube show of which Ben, <laughs> look at this dumb thing I told Ben to do. He's out watering his house. Ben got punked. <laughs> I don't, if I, if I Google this, will I find like, I mean, non-ridiculous looking forum nerdlingers talking about this? Is this a legit premise?
0: Yeah. Let's call Kevin Carson right now. He's asleep. He's an old man. Yeah. Okay. Hey, the, 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 have you ever heard about tomorrow. Swamp Cooler?
1: Now, they use Swamp Coolers at major businesses.
0: Yeah. Same principle. Evaporative cooling.
1: I thought that's what liquid. they. I thought that was a brand of men's underpants. Whoa, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> I don't shop at those stores. <laughs> okay, okay. Hose house down with water. Whole house. Whole house. How much water?
0: It's gonna be a lot. <laughs> I mean, like how much? I don't know. I haven't like. You, you gotta run. Like uh, so,
1: basically, you turn a sprinkler on. You put a sprinkler on all four sides of the house and just let it shoot it all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, then it and it evaporates, and it takes the heat with it. And you think that's cheaper than running an air conditioner? If you if you have free water like Ben does, but it, you're paying the pumps to to pump it. I guess. I mean. But how much? uh You know. How much is uh, is a pump run at? I, you, I guess you'd have to do the calculations. I'm. You should have started with that.
1: You should have started with. You might have to do the calculations. But here's an alternative idea. Yeah. That is not what you did. You showed up with, so this is the fixed everything. I'm going to water my house tomorrow. That's what I'm going to do. Actually, <laughs> I have a shed. I have an Abe Lincoln shed. I'm going to water that Abe Lincoln shed and see if it cools it down. Okay, oh, that's, that's a, good a much smaller building. We can do a test on it. Yeah. And I'm going to the, put the kids in charge of it. Have them go out there with the hose every 45 minutes and reshoot the shed. Yeah, go and water. And stick a thermometer in there and see how we do. Go water the house. <laughs> Well, you're you on know. trial tomorrow, Nathaniel. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. How well, about. I got There's a hole in the shed at the moment. I can't. I can't don't, do have it. Him, don't, don't water the part. shed. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Segular says the question was, uh, I'm tired of playing the game of adjusting the temperature, and not saying anything. Advice. Segular says, stop pussyfooting around and having an adult discussion with your roommate about this. If possible, a compromise should be worked out. Whose name is on the lease? Is it yours or both of yours? That sounds like, uh, that's not a compromise. That sounds like a heavy hand. Yeah. Is the cost of heating and cooling the unit shared equally? If a compromise can't be agreed upon, it's possible the two of you are incompatible. And one of you needs to make other living arrangements. Now, I'm going to tell you this. It's you. 78 degree man. Okay, I'm going to leave. I'm I'm uh, going to sit on the couch. So, no joke, yesterday evening, my wife and I spent... An excessive amount of minutes talking about something very similar, and it had to do with getting in the car. So, like, we get in the car and it's hot in the car. We have our car; you can control the climate, both passenger and driver side, and front and back. Mm-hmm. Unique. Okay. So I, I burn that thing. You can. It's got a temperature on. It. You can get it as low as 60. And so I get in the thing. I'm full fan, 60 degrees. My wife's at like 69 when she gets in there. Likes a like two fan. Two, two fan out of five, and so uh, and the kids uh, want full uh, full air in the back. Well, at least one of the kids. Everyone else is agnostic. Uh, my wife goes, "I want the windows down," and then like turns off all the airs and runs all the windows down. And I said, "Hey, man, we got you can you can control it in the different areas. I can do mine. You can kind of do yours." And that, that it didn't we we didn't get it worked out. We we didn't get. It, she wanted the windows down everywhere. Why? Why everybody else got to experience nature? It oh, yeah, I don't about know. But hay fever and dust out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so that, that's what I'm saying. The point was is that, like I, like, I think that you have to make a distinction somewhere around what is your preference and then, like, how much that should that can be asserted across multiple areas, especially when there's an option. Like, if that guy likes it hotter, like, shut the vent in your room. He can shut the vent in his room for multiple hours, let his room heat up if he wants to, yeah. and then go sit in. it. So, like, you have if you're going to be the odd guy out, like, maybe you should take the responsibility of living uniquely. But, like, it's just odd, I think, to take that preference and then kind of assert it upon upon others. Especially if it's not even reasonable. Especially if it's so high. You say 78. 78 is ridiculous. It do not make any sense. Okay. It's just ridiculously high. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Hey, thanks for listening to Life in the Path. We appreciate it. Here's what I want you to do. At the Bob Eisenhower Complete line. Bob was just voted uh, top realtor. Again? Yeah. Top realtor for, I I don't know, a million years in a row. Yeah. Bob does great work. Uh, Anyway, the Bob Eisenhower Complete line. That's 515-517-0085. You can call or text 515-517-0085. First of all, what temperature do you keep your house? Yeah. Like uh, winter, summer—if you got to make the distinction. So I'll give—I'll give it away. I think at uh, normally we're seventy-four uh, during the summer and mm-hmm. seventy-two at night. Mm-hmm. It goes down two at night, and then uh, at the winter time we're probably j- uh, the other direction, like 68, 69. Wait a minute. Do you wear blankets when you sleep? Uh, some 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 people in the house do. Some people do not. You turn the air down and then put blankets on? Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is this, I, this this is the woman I married. She's this is the window down person. She lives. She has takes in the world uniquely in the skin. I don't know. I don't know how it goes on the way it does. Uh, okay, so what do you keep your straight seventy two all the time? Uh, no, I like to fiddle with it. I let it go. I let it go to seventy seven when I'm not at the house, and then I crank it down to seventy one. You just said that that's not the right way to do it. I know it's foolish, but I have too lazy to change it. That's the thing with them thermostats. <laughs> <laughs> once, once you done told them what to do, they're they the yard. Yeah, and then I move the thermostat like it's got an occupancy sensor on it, so it knows where somebody walks past it, and they're like, Hey, fire the air on. People are home. But I put it in an inconspicuous area that nobody walks past, and so it tries to shut off all the time on me, because it doesn't think anybody's home. You don't know how to deal with technology correctly. Now my, here's the thing. My wife does not like to see how the house works. It's her pet peeve. Like, she wants it to do cool things, but does not want to see the inner workings of it. Like, does not want to go to your house and see that you own a DVD player. It's got to be in a drawer. It's gone somewhere. somewhere. Okay. Yeah, the thermostat. She don't want to see it, right? It's got to be doing its job, but she don't want to have eyes on it. What about, like, light switches and stuff? Does she as, want, like, as discreet as possible? So so you could have no switches and just they all occupy and see your Bluetooth on the phone. You'd be fine with that. She don't want to see how things working. Don't want to see cords. Hates cords. Cords for lamps, cords for TVs, nothing. She don't like cords. Okay. She don't want to see it operating. Okay. Dan, what, what, what temperature you keep your house? Seventy two all the time. Straight up. Dan does not even jack with it. Don't, they, don't even mess it. Seventy I like hey, I'm I'm am t- I'm on board with Dan. Yeah. Simple living. That's the way to do it. Nathaniel just watered his house.
0: Yeah, I just use water. <laughs> um, I put it at sixty nine, and then my wife will turn it up, and then I'll put it back down at sixty nine. And you like to keep, well, keep it chilly home. Wait, right now it's sixty nine degrees at your house? Yeah, I mean probably not because I'm not home.
1: Yeah. Oh, your wife's turned it up. Now, yeah. did your wife do it for comfort purposes, or she tries to save a nickel? Uh,
0: I think both. I think.
1: She's comfortable saving
0: nickels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, here's the thing: it's like, there's a.
1: I'm not a. I'm not a frugal man. Uh, There's some things that I wouldn't mind saving money on, but I, I don't pull any punches when it comes to heating and air conditioning. I mean, I installed all this stuff. <laughs> <You know, laughs> Mister 72, Dave, Dave's like, no, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much money you have invested in this already? Like certain kind of siding, reboosting your uh, your insulation in your attic and your walls. You spent uh, like when the house was built, a lot of, a lot of time and attention was paid to try to keep the conditioned air in, and it wasn't designed like a house was from the early 1900s, where it was made for breeze. Right? Like, like older houses, all the windows are set up to let a breeze in and a breeze out. Yeah. And like, like set up to cool on its own mostly. Uh, and houses these days are built tight, and so they don't leak any air. And then you decide you ain't going to put no – you're not going to even condition the stuff that's in here. Uh, I, I think you should just burn it. Yeah. I actually, I, so when we get those nasty grams from the, um, from the power company, they're like, hey, you could save $120 a year. I'm like, 10 bucks a month? Okay, you're telling me I can live however I want in 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 luxurious temperature all the time for ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. You've you've actually encouraged me the other direction. I say, why would I want to save one hundred and twenty dollars? Yeah, I'd really go for broke here. Well, I'll I'll spend fifteen a month, and I will just tune this thing way down. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's not. uh, Yeah, they've not convinced me. It's it's gone the other direction. Mm. Okay. Anyway, so you're going. First of all, uh, what you're going to tell us? What what do you keep your house at? I'm interested. Summer, winter. Uh, Number two. Uh, so the, the, the prayer stuff, like if, if we can be praying for you, even if it's just, hey, I need prayer on prayer, uh, we'd be glad to do that. It's just so, it's something that I think uh, we're, we're going to focus on, and uh, we'd love to be able to, you know, walk along signing that thing. Also, that article was on the Christian Post, so if you uh, wanted that list, if that's helpful for you, um, then that's great. You can go to ChristianPost.com, and there's a list of uh, 21 ways to something about your prayer life. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, we really do appreciate hanging out. Oh, hey, we, we got a... Uh, um, we finally showed up on iTunes with a review. With reviews, like yeah. you have to have so many reviews before you even show up. It's been ten years or whatever. It's going to show up like we got. This will be episode number two hundred uh, that comes out on, on iTunes, and we finally we're on the docket, we're on the board. And so anyway, thank you. Hey, that means you guys have gone out and you've reviewed the show. And and that wasn't me. I don't uh, I don't use an iOS device. Mike, did you review the show? No. Dan, no, no. Nathaniel, no. Okay. Hey, look at that. You guys are great. Okay. Thanks for thanks for doing that. We really do appreciate it. Um, if you haven't done it, if you wouldn't mind reviewing the show, um, it just again it crosses it just crosses thresholds where things become a little bit more visible for people to to maybe catch on the show or stumble upon it and like. Whatever I think that would be great if that happens. If you left uh, left us a kind review, we really do appreciate it. Someone who wasn't Mike's wife apparently, yeah, thank left you. a nice view uh, review and like uh, it's super humbling. We we thank you for that. So if you wouldn't mind um, doing that this week for us, just uh, giving us a rating on the show and whatever your podcast app is, we'd be super grateful for it. And we appreciate you guys that have already done it. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we're aiming to be back next week. In the meantime, be faithful in the means; God will handle the ends. You've been listening to live from the path.